welcome to Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to video games, movies, and television shows of our generation. This week, we are coming back for the third in our four-part series of James Bond January. Uh, my name is Doug Abel, and I have my other co-host, Mike Blanchard, with me. Hello, Mike. Hello, hello. And we are going to be doing, this week, the Daniel Craig era. We're going to be doing the third in that four-part. We're going to be talking about Skyfall. Uh-huh. I re- I just finished, like, right, literally right before we, fin- we hit record, I just finished watching the movie. <laughs> and... The whole time I'm watching it, I don't, I don't dislike Skyfall. It's by far the best out of the four that he's done, in my opinion. But oh, yeah. as I'm watching this, and as I'm in the beginning of the movie, you know, we, you know, we'll get into this after a little bit. But I just realized something. It's a 21st century Mission Impossible one. Yeah, it really kind of is. I'm, I'm not, I'm not complaining at all. I'm really, really not. I'm just saying I noticed this. As I'm watching it today, and I didn't, it didn't really hit me before. But if you look at 1996's Tom Cruise Mission Impossible One, the knock list gets out in the open to the highest bidder. In this, some list gets out into the open to the highest bidder. The, yeah. <laughs> well, not 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 even really to the highest bidder. It's to one guy, and then that guy releases the names no matter what. But so there's a little bit of difference. But the whole aspect of oh my god, secret agent needs to get list back. Yeah. That's. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, before we um, start falling to the sky, we have some feedback from Casino. Yeah, this – I apologize. You, for, you, uh, you asked for this. I, I know. This I know, is I know, all I know, you. I know. And I'm going to apologize right now in advance because we, were, we are recording Skyfall before or after – well after we recorded the Quantum of Solace episode. So the feedback, which we'd hoped to get on there, didn't make it. This is why we're talking about it now for Skyfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to start off Ryan Merkley um, Ryan posted up about how he said the Craig era was odd started off with Casino Royale which in his opinion was by far the best modern era Bond not even close and not much competition he did agree with us that Quantum of Solace was incredibly poorly edited and re- directed rather poorly as well um, his feelings on Skyfall he said that it depends upon what the person viewing it felt about Javier Bardem's performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard some people describe it as homophobic and they were turned off by it. I have difficulty refuting that claim despite the fact that I did enjoy the film so I can understand it. There's, there, there's one scene that we'll talk about later that that, that comes into play. Yeah. Um, one major scene and then obviously close to the end and stuff. But yeah, I, I just – I didn't even find it that – how am I going to word this without pissing the entire gay community? I didn't find it to be so gay as just the way that, the, I don't know. There have been a lot of um, it, it, we'll put it this questionable way. sexual orientations of Bond villains in the past. So it's not like it's anything out of There have been plenty of questionable uh, Bond villains that have done strange things to james so yeah uh, that scene did not really take me didn't really take me aback it didn't and it didn't offend me or anything like that i've i've got you know several gay friends it doesn't really matter to me really i your your sexual orientation is your sexual orientation yeah i just found the scene to be really creepy is all yeah (laughs) 
But go ahead. Uh, so we had that. We had that. And I, I will admit, I pretty much agree with Ryan, with the exception that I did not think that Casino Royale was that great. And we mentioned that on Casino Royale episode, so I'm not going to beat a dead horse on that. Right. Uh, now, Dan Clark, on the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of a couple of prefaces here. Ryan uh, Ryan Merkley is um, a buddy of mine. He uh, we've, we've been podcasting off and on for a few years, actually several years now. Um, and Dan is a part of the Geekcast Radio Network. He uh, he does stuff with Cinema Geeks, one of our movie shows over there, and he runs his own show, Talking in Circles. So these aren't just random Facebook people, people. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, Dan, uh, Dan, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to be able to read all of Dan's comment because that's a long comment. Yeah. Um, to sum it up, basically, basically, Dan says that he couldn't disagree with us more than with nearly everything we said in the podcast. Uh, criticisms were, were broad generalizations. Uh, we didn't really put forth evidence beyond, well, it fell flat, was too long, two and a half hours, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, I will kind of agree with him. Yeah, we probably should have said a little bit more, but it was just so damned hard for us to come up with something because we were fighting trying to like this film. Yeah, like when I first saw Casino, when I first saw it, when it first came out, Oh God, ten was it ten years ago now? Jesus Christ. Yeah. The, the Craig era has been going on for ten years. Oh my god. Um when I first saw it ten years ago, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. I I I, I still maintain if Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli are going to go in the way of, oh, we want to tell a, a story of a young Bond and a Bond who hasn't gotten his double O yet, yeah. which is what majority of Casino was. Well, he, he got it in the very beginning. You know what I mean? Um, it's like one of his first missions after becoming a double O. I still maintain that should have been a younger actor. Like, if you wanted to bring Daniel Craig in, like, in Quantum or Skyfall, like, have him A, like, it just... Well, and that's something we're going to get to in Skyfall here because yeah. because of what happens at the very beginning. And I kind of have some issues with that as well. Uh, but he, Dan does mention, he goes, the parkour scene, the action scenes were really good. He said that they were some of the best of the franchise. Um, that, I, that only because up to that point, I would say maybe. I, I would agree yeah. to it up to Casino Royale. After that, I think the car chase in Quantum was a little bit better. Uh, there, there was some scenes with, uh, in Skyfall that we'll talk about with them coming in and blowing up the building. Mm -hmm. I thought that was excellent. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the airport scene he mentions and he makes, he makes kind of a, I don't want to say, well, I don't want to say a big deal cause it, it is a good scene, but you can kind of see it was telegraphed as soon as we saw the bomb being put underneath the gas can, you know, the gas truck. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that was that was given. So one of the other comments Dan made was or not Dan, I think it was Ryan that made the comment about how bad the Brosnan era is, that it's nothing but big set action pieces. Isn't that kind of the point of Bond? You're supposed to have a subtle there's supposed to be subtlety in it. There's supposed to be the subtle movements of Bond and how he goes about being the espionage spy 
as well as when he comes out guns blazing and gadgets flaring and whatever else. I thought that was the whole point is to have at least one or two big action set pieces in a Bond film and then the rest of it be all the spy stuff. And I thought for the majority of the Brazen era, you know, at least the first three, you know, die another day, say what you want, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. But at least the first three really did that well. And I would say that World is Not Enough, as we talked about last year, was probably the most emotionally taxing film because that was not only Desmond's last film, it was um it was it really dug into Brosnan's bond as far as some of the emotions and how you know actually showing the, the fact that the guy can feel in the Craig era like i think it was either Ryan or Dan I forget who said it said something about Vesper and Bond's re- quote unquote relationship and blah 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 how you can tell he really loves her and yeah whatever i never i never got that i never like they didn't have enough time to they didn't have enough of a honeymoon phase for me to really see that they loved each other. Right. And, I, th- I, th- I thought the whole time in Casino they were just using each other. Right. And, and that was kind of something else that Dan brought up was that he, he made a focus on the fact that that two-day time frame for the poker game mm-hmm. gave Bond and Vesper time to form a relationship, a true relationship. I, ah. I'm sorry. I, I, I you know... I sometimes believe in love at first sight, but I am sorry. In this day and age, a two-day relationship. I mean, yeah. if Frozen has taught us anything, people. I mean, come on now. Yes. <laughs> yes. You finish each other's sandwiches, not sentences. <laughs> come on. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. Uh, you know, that, that's pretty much it. I, I, have to, I have to disagree with Dan on that. I'm sorry, Dan. You know, I, I, I'm going to say this because I've said it before. And, you know, you, you can take it however you want. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got what they all think. <laughs> Even mine, <Wow>. okay? <laughs> um, yeah, so Skyfall. Uh, you know, this is probably the only Bond film in the Craig era I will have or or probably will in the future watch multiple times. Yeah. Because for me, it is the best one out of the four. I, I would wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Um the fact that we finally get a cue, uh, we we get a money penny, you know, a true money penny, because they kind of made reference to money penny it, with Vesper being money penny in Casino Royale, but it was more of a tongue in cheek kind of joke. Yeah. This we finally get that, you know, we get uh, we get references to the Bond gadgets, which that mm-hmm. was great. I, I thought they did a really good job of that, and kind of mentioning that it's coming into the 21st century and getting away from all the gadgets that they had before. Uh, yeah. See, and, 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 and again, comparing the Brosnan and the Craig era, that's, that's the difference. The, the Brosnan era was the nineties in, into 2002. So that was, you know, the nineties were all about big gadgets and whatever else. And yeah. also homaging all the old class, you know, I mean, Exactly. There's no better cue line than when Bond picks up the sandwich and what does this do? That doesn't do anything. That's my lunch. Yes. <laughs> um, Although Q's line in Skyfall was pretty good. What? Yeah. What were you expecting? Exploding pens? Exploding pen. <laughs> I mean, come on. Obviously, that was a that was a stab no, at Goldeneye right there. And I loved it. Eye, but it was it was awesome. It was hilarious because I was fully expecting. 
I really was expecting some sort of strange. I mean, I know that. See, this is the difference between again the Brosnan and the Craig era. The Brosnan era had the seriousness, but it also had the humor of it as well. And the Craig era is dark. It's dark. It's yeah. gritty. It, it, it there's there's some humor, but not much. I mean, you know, like 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 you just said, you know. The exploding pen line is probably the most humorous line out of the entire movie. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's two totally different things and two totally different points of view and audiences are going to like either either fran- either uh, era. But um, so Skyfall, we start out on what looks to be uh, a failed mission. Because one of the agents is dead, yeah, or dying, and M will not allow Bond to get the medical people there to save the guy. So the guy ends up dying. Uh, we see this new quote unquote Bond girl in um, Agent No Name, who will eventually be Eve Moneypenny, uh, and you know she is doing field work. I, I, I'm sorry, I've like. I don't mind, like, and again, and I'm, ladies and gentlemen, I'm always going to compare at this point between Bros and, and, and Craig at this point, but I like Money Penny in this. I think it's really cool that she started off as trying to kick ass, even though she really, really can't for the most part. Um, I still prefer Samantha Bond from from the Money Penny from uh, Brosnan's Money Penny days because it was always a more of a flirtatious thing. Cause she's always in the office and whatever else. And I, I don't know. Uh, so money penny is, we we don't actually know that that's her name. We just know she's one of the agents, uh, at first. Uh, so she's there. Uh, she's trying to help bond. She's driving very, she's giving women drivers a good name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, at one point or another bond has to get out to catch the train. And there are two train sequences in this. So, yeah, again, Mission Impossible reminders. Um, He ends up getting on the train, and this train is carrying construction equipment for some odd reason. No clue. Yeah. It's It's carrying construction equipment and Volkswagen bugs. Yeah, that was a little odd. I just kind of went, whatever, it's a big train. (laughs) Yeah, it's a big train. Uh, so the opening scene, we we have the chase on on top of the train while Money Penny's following, and obviously M and Tanner are back at the at the headquarters there, and uh, they go through several tunnels. Money Penny runs out of road to drive on, so she gets out with her sniper rifle and. She basically tells M that she doesn't have a clear shot, and M just makes a judgment call and says, take the shot, hoping that she'll hit the bad guy. Well, she kills Bond. Bond is dead. Movie over. Oh, yep, yep. <laughs> minutes, what was it, 15 minutes in? Oh, now Bond's dead. Yep. Except he's not. <laughs> you know you know, you know know what this would be, as much as I love Skyfall, but this would have been a perfect example to pull a soap opera on this film. Oh yes, it would have. The role of James Bond is now being played by Harrison Ford. (laughs) (laughs) Not saying, not saying that that would, but I mean, you, I'm sure you've seen enough soap operas where they're like, 
the role of this person is being now played by, and there's that's the only explanation you get on a soap opera. It's like, okay, what, what happened to the other actor? Who knows? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Contract disputes, moving on. Yeah, something like that. Although, although it might not have been a bad way to introduce a new Bond. Mm, it would have been an interesting way to introduce a new Bond. It, it, especially when you consider, well, and let me let me rephrase that, introducing a new 007. Yeah. Especially considering what happens with M. But we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, mm. The thing that we do see here with this, that when we're talking about age with this, we see, we finally get the chance to see um, M coming under political pressure from Mallory played by Ralph Fiennes, uh, Rafe Fiennes, excuse me. Uh, and he wants her to retire. MI6's servers are hacked. Uh, the SIS building explodes, kills a bunch of employees. MI6 mm -hmm. relocates to emergency offices underground. <laughs> and Bond finds about the attack and decides, oh, I'm going to return to London after taking a sabbatical. Okay, now, does this remind you of anything, Cup? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, like, like, seriously, as much as I dislike a certain lazy Bond movie, um, this reminds me a lot of On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah. Because... He dies, and he's now on vacation somewhere with a beach. The only thing that's missing is his... I forget what the Bond girl's name in, in, in the Lazenby movie was. The, the love of his life. That's the only thing that Craig's Bond is missing here. Yeah, I've kind of tried to block out Lazenby, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah. The only good thing he's ever done is voice um, King... Uh, from the Royal Flush Gaming game, Batman Beyond. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's it. Uh. Um, the, the thing with this, though, is that we see James Bond. He decides he's going to try and come back. Uh, he fails all of these. He fails all of these things, you know, uh, psychological yep. examination, a physical examination. When he's standing there and he's holding the gun, and he's trying to shoot, and his hand is shaking like crazy. All I can do is look and think, what the fuck? Obviously, <laughs> and he's looking old and haggard at this point. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that, that is exactly the image and the impression that I got, that everybody who I went to go see the movie got from that scene. He, you know, you kind of get this washed up, he can't cut it anymore feeling. And it's kind of mm -hmm. like, Really? Okay, maybe we should be replacing 007 with somebody else. That's the feelings I'm getting. Uh, you know, something I'll bring up again next time when we do Spectre. Um, I'm gonna have to research this for when we do that. I swear, I read online after Spectre got released that he, Craig, said he would rather commit suicide than do another Bond film after Spectre. Yeah. So. I'm gonna have to research that. Don't quote me on it, folks. I'm gonna look it up as we're as we're doing this episode to be prepared for next week. But it's just one of those things where, if an actor is saying he would rather die than play the role of James Bond, you know that guy. He's done. Yeah. He he's just done. I mean, he's only the. Well, how many films did Connery have? God, he had a ton of them. Yeah, I'm trying to think. 
in the last well i i don't i don't want to say the last 20 years because that's only brosnan okay the last 30 years or so out of the 50 or so years that the franchise has been going on between dalton brosnan and and craig 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 and brosnan have both had four so uh roger moore had so many i can't even keep count yeah i mean everything in existence is older than roger moore or no Take that back. Roger Moore is older than everything in existence. So yeah. um, I'm just saying that it's – I was feeling it here. I, 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 still, I still love Craig in the movie. I think he's a great movie. Oh, yeah. He's great fun in the movie. But you're, you're right. You, you know, we're seeing the effects of him, him as the actor – and not even the character, the actor aging. And I think that's what makes the film such a good film because you finally get to see – Various things from Bond's actual past, not just yes, not just your standard. Okay, here's James Bond. He's a double O. He works for MI6. He's going on these missions to save the world. While you know, I think, I think again, I don't remember who it was. It was either Dan or Ryan on on those comments had pointed out that the Brosnan era is just all four films are you know save the world films. The the, the overall scope of them with the with the Craig era it's they tried to make the first two emotional tolls which failed in my personal opinion and then they try to make uh, Skyfall this family background thing which actually really worked like if they this is why I said if the Craig era started with Skyfall and went up from there I mean at this point Skyfall is Mount Everest for the Craig era. Yeah, it pretty much is. It, it's there. There's nothing better, unfortunately, that comes, and we we will definitely talk about that when we get to Spectre. Mm-hmm. Spectre's that downhill slide. It's uh, yeah. But we go through all of this. We do find the uh, when we find out when Bond discovers that there's Severine and. Uh, Silva that are out there. Silva is. I thought that was kind of hokey how he took her to he took her to the the abandoned island off the coast of Macau, mm-hmm. and they're prisoners. And he basically says, "Here, you know, I I want James Bond. You know, I want you to make the shot, shoot the glass off of her head." Mm-hmm. And he's and James Bond like misses the shot. Basically, he shoots yeah. her in the head and kills her. And I was like, "Damn, yeah." I was kind of like, "Okay, you're trying to save this girl who's kind of supposed to be your Bond girl, and you shoot and kill her because you suck." What happened? Yeah. yeah, once once again, the Bond girls do not matter in the in 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 this in this era whatsoever. Yeah. And that was so you, you could put I really hate to say this, but I'm going to anyway. You could put Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie as Bond girls, and it's not even gonna matter. <laughs> well, yeah, it would. If you shot one of them in the head, it would make a pss- <laughs> <laughs> It's true, but it's still not gonna matter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they get through, they capture Silva, they bring him back, and Silva kind of says, Oh, well. I was the one who, who got into, you know, who got into MI6. I started this whole thing, and Q is 
trying to decrypt his laptop that Silva has. And in doing so, he basically unleashes a worm that gets into MI6's systems, takes over, releases yep. Silva from escape or uh, from MI6 custody. Uh, and Bond is kind of like, oh, well, this is all a plot to kill M. Mm -hmm. And this kind of comes back to M's, M's history and kind of Bond's growing up because we find out that M uh, had left Silva to die after being captured years earlier. Right. Uh, Silva attacks M and, and uh, they end up running off Bond's secretes, you know, he secrets M away, mm -hmm. switches his car to, <laughs> I love this, he switches it to the 64 Aston Martin DB5, which is, th this was the car that we saw Connery driving originally. Right. I, I, I love the fact that they did that. It was a nice little touch, nice little nod. We brought in the Aston Martin, and they get away, and some of the stuff about how he makes a he makes comment about the uh, ejector seat button, and he's like, mm. <laughs> you know, I, I love that. It was nice little touches. Uh, yes, it was. But they we finally find out in this what Skyfall is, which is Bond's family estate and childhood home in Scotland. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like, oh, so that's what's going on. They get out there. They. Uh, Bond says, you know, Q, leave a trail for Silva to follow me. Uh, Mallory says, yeah, this is great. This is a good idea. They get out there. They're basically very lightly armed. They set up booby traps all over Skyfall. Mm -hmm. And Silva's men arrive, and Bond flips the headlights down on the car and destroys, <laughs> you know, kills a bunch of people. And then they kill the car. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, and I remember like me and my friend Rich and my friend Mike, or, uh, uh, not Mike, Steven, were there sitting there in the theater. And we're like, all of us are just like our jaws are dropped and we're all teary eyed because they blew up the Aston Martin. I know that sounds funny, but we were like, ah, the car's mm -hmm. dead. Oh, my God. You killed that beautiful car. And, you know, all as I can think of is, and I know this is sad, but don't worry, James. I'm just going to go bombing around in it. That's the idea, Wade. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But they get all this. They blow up. They, they sneak away to get back to a chapel. And Bond basically tries to kill. He tries to kill Silva's men. He blows up. Skyfall, uh, it causes the helicopter that Silva's flying to crash, destroys the house, kills most of Silva's men. Mm -hmm. Silva survives, sees Kincaid's flashlight, follows them into the chapel, yep. and he basically... Basically, they have, you know, this long villain monologue thing. They had... Because they, the whole thing is between Silva, M, and Bond is that she's the mother of two sons, two really screwed up sons. Right. And that's, and that's kind of what I was getting at earlier when I, you know, when we were talking about quantum last week where it's like in quantum, he starts calling her mom and, and, and sometimes he calls her ma'am, but he starts calling her mom. And I'm like, 
Pierce Brosnan would never do that. But whatever. Anyway, I know it's a different era. I know I need to get over it. But it's just one of those things where they try to set up this whole parental relationship thing between the three. It's it's the weirdest triangle of characters I have yeah. seen in the film. In a, like this isn't you can't call it a love triangle because it would just be weird. But it's just the weirdest relationship thing of a of, of three characters that. It's just creepy as all hell. Oh, yeah. And it kind of worked, but at the same time, and we finally kind of get an idea of why M is M, and, you know, we kind of get that whole mother moniker, which, Mm -hmm. eh, it worked and it didn't, especially since we finally see M's funeral at the end of this. Well, we don't see the funeral. Well, we, we, we get past the funeral. Eve introduces herself herself to Bond as Miss Moneypenny, Mm -hmm. retires from field work, becomes the secretary uh, uh, secretary for M, M, who is now uh, Mallory. Mallory, yeah. Which I thought that was kind of a nice touch. Yeah. I thought that was kind of a nice touch because Mallory does show up and you see him actually, you get to see Mallory being kind of a badass at some points because he actually does pull a gun out and start trying to shoot people. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was nice. I'm like, okay, he's not just some little, you know, wussy prissy, sit back in the office and do nothing, hide behind electronics type of thing. And we find that out even more in uh, Inspector as well. Yes, and so. that we'll definitely talk about. I I like that part of it. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I oh that's right well no i didn't know because i never watched that all the way through i was trying to figure out where i saw um albert finney before his he plays uh kincaid in this Mm -hmm. and he was dr albert hirsch in two of the four bond or not bond born films the one i saw him in was uh the born ultimatum um, he was also the the father in the movie Big Fish. For anybody who saw that, yeah, I I always just I don't know when I saw him in this the first the very first time I saw Skyfall when it came out a few years ago, I'm like, where have I seen? It's one of those things. Where have I seen that guy before? I know where where have I seen, where the hell? And it just never dawned on me. Um, but yeah, overall, Skyfall was a damn good full circle film. Yes. They they gave us that they gave us that bit uh, of everything kind of coming around. We got cue, we got humor back to a point and again, all the humor that I think we saw in this film came from cue, not from any quips from yeah. Bond, which yeah. I missed that. And I think that's why I liked this better than any of the other Craig era films that I've seen so far. Yeah. I just think that didn't, I don't know. I understand that they want to, I, again, I could be misquoting, but either Michael G. Wilson or Bob or Barbara Broccoli said something about one of the Eon dreams was to finally get casino in Canon. And that's kind of why casino was the first one they did. Um, I don't see why they couldn't have. I love that they waited until now because Skyfall, as we've already said throughout this entire show, it's the best one out of the four. But I don't see why they couldn't have brought Q in earlier. Yeah, and have and have that light. 
Because for me, the reason outside of the fact that the quantum of boredom is well the quantum of boredom with Casino, I thought you needed something. You needed some sort of lightness because it's so dark. It's so dark. Yeah, it really is. And Jeffrey Wright was somewhat refreshing in his exchanges with Bond, but he's not even in this. I mean, this is all British stuff here. This is yeah. They make mention of the CIA, but they don't even really. Um, nothing to do whatsoever. So they basically traded right for Q, which is fine. I don't have a problem with it, but I just really wish Q was in it from the beginning of the, of, of, of this era. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if they, if they had brought him in, if he hadn't been in Casino Royale, I would have been okay with that because like you said, with right, but I think they probably should have brought him in for, for quantum. That would have made quantum yeah. so much better. Just knowing yeah. that he's out there. Uh, um, yep. You know, that again, I know people are probably like, you're beating a dead horse. It would have made a difference in the film. I guarantee that. Uh, But when we go, let's talk about the cast. We've already talked about Daniel Craig and Judy Dench before. Yeah. Um, Ray Fiennes, we've seen him before. (laughs) I, I, I was looking at his stuff and it's like, oh my God, dude, the Avengers. Yep. Not the Marvel one, people. The other one, yeah. the 1998 Avengers. But he's been in more stuff that I've seen than I originally thought. He was in Schindler's List. Yep. He was in uh, Quiz Show. He was. Yep. Oh God! I was. I was like, I think it was Elaine. What is wrong with you people? He was in The English Patient. <laughs> and of course, oh my God, The English Patient is 20 years old this year. Oh, oh my God. God. Um, of course, we have <laughs> to mention the big one that. Every young adult ha- knows him as he's Oscar Vold- and Lucinda. Well, oh Voldemort, Voldemort, yeah. quote unquote young adult. We're, we're way past that. I, I know that, but I mean, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> the, the yeah. teens, and Lord tweens, Voldemort, yeah, know him as Voldemort. So, uh, um, yeah, I mean, he's let's see, what has he got coming up? Uh, this year he's got Hail Caesar. It's apparently in post-production for TV credits. The last thing he did was he was in um, he was in the, the Grand Budapest Hotel, and I think there was a yeah. sequel for that. I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he was the voice of Lord Voldemort in two of the Harry Potter video games. Uh, let's see. The rest of the cast here. Um... All right, Javier Bardem. Until this movie, I had never even heard of him. The name sounds familiar, but that's it. It's like, okay. Um, yeah. Um, just looking at his stuff, I don't recognize anything at all because most of it's um, foreign films. Uh, well, he, he was in No Country for Old Men. Okay, well, before 2000, yeah. if, you, if, you, if you look on Wikipedia and you look at the filmography that's listed on Wikipedia from 1990 to 2000, it's all foreign-type films, yeah. but yeah. Um, He's Spanish, though, so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, No Country for Old Men. Uh, let's see. Eat, Pray, Love, and then Skyfall. Uh, coming up, he's got... Um, He's got The Gunman, 
he's got uh, the last face this year. Those are two that are coming out this year. And two years from now, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Well, year, well, year and a half That's from now. What? We're 2016 well, now, dude. Oh, shit. You're right. <laughs> Damn it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you can tell we're not too we're not too far in. We're forgetting yeah, things already. Yeah, it's only January 9th. I mean, yeah, come on. yeah you know. <laughs> um, uh, Naomi Harris. I recognize her name, but I did not recognize her. In this, like, I couldn't think of something that she had been in uh, previous to this. Uh, she was in, sadly, she was in 2006's Miami Vice. Uh. She oh, was in. She was Tia Dalma in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. And at World's End, yeah. yeah that, that's why. Okay, I'm like, look, and I'm going, she looks familiar. <laughs> she was in um, uh, Street Kings in 2008. Uh, she was in My Last Five Girlfriends in 2009. Uh, coming up, obviously, she was in Spectre. Uh, she'll be in Moonlight this year. Our Kind of Traitor this year. And then next year, uh, Jungle Book Origins. I have no idea on that one. I'm clicking and I'm scared. Jungle Book Origins is an upcoming British live-action adventure fantasy film directed by Andy Serkis with a screenplay by Callie Close based on the book The Jungle Book by Rudyard Kipling. The film stars a bunch of people that I can't... Yeah. It's... Oh, God. Benedict Cumberbatch, who... It's got Khan as Khan. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. Christian Bale as Bagheera. Yeah. Oh my God! He's gonna have that dark, scary voice again. He's gonna beat gravel people. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Kate Blanchett as Ka. That's the weirdest. And Andy Serkis himself as Baloo. I'm sorry. No. Yeah. Just no. Oh. This is almost God. as bad as the Disney one they've got coming out. We'll just. Oh, I don't. Yeah, uh, for television for uh, for Naomi, she was in um, the Tomorrow People from ninety two to ninety five. She was in uh, oh Jesus, I remember that. She was in uh, Small Island back in two thousand nine. She was in uh, Simon and the Witch in from eighty seven to eighty eight. Um, I liked her as a as a quote unquote suit. I don't even want to call her a real Bond girl because I'm sorry, Money Penny. The the role of Money Penny and the Bond girls are two very separate things because yeah. James, it, did did you feel that they alluded to the fact that they did sleep together when she was essentially phenomenon shaving him? Yeah, and, and I mean they kind of alluded to it, but they didn't really say either way. And see, the way I've always seen it is it's a it's a will they or won't they or when will they eventually if they ever do. But maybe it shouldn't. And I know this is making absolutely no sense, folks. It's either a will they or won't they? Should they or shouldn't they? Um, when will they eventually do it, or will they never actually get together? And I like that. This is again why I like. The, the the characterization of Bond as Brosnan with Samantha Bond as Money Penny in the in the Bond in the Brosnan era because it's that playful banter and they have that here with the two of them but it's just not the same yeah and they almost allude to the fact that they did sleep together and that was that was the whole thing throughout was that there was always this 
with the previous ones, previous Bonds, even going back to, you know, Lazenby to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to uh, Connery, to Roger Moore, anytime that you saw Bond and Money Painting together, it was always a very respectful thing. I mean, yeah, there was, there was always lighthearted flirting, but you kind of got the feeling like Bond, Bond would take her home and marry her. That was the kind of feeling that you got through all this. Yeah, he was. She was kept on a back burner for Bond to actually be somebody serious with. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for this to for this to happen here, where it's like, okay, yeah, they maybe slept together. They, you know, uh, uh, that just ruined it for me for Money Penny. It's like that's not Money Penny. There was respect, that's... not now. I'll <laughs> I'll say this now. Um, and I'll say it again next week. I'm hoping whatever the next Bond for what are we up to? Spectre was 24, right? Uh, I think 25. I'd have to look. Uh, let's see. Spectre is the no 24th. Okay. Um, so Spectre is 24. The overall 24th film in you know in just over 50 years of of Bond. Okay, so for the 25th film, I want. Different writers. We've had Purvis and Wade for so long. And don't get me wrong, Skyfall is is great. The story is wonderful. But I think it's time to let somebody else do some writing, people. Yeah, <laughs> th- this was Spectre. We'll talk about how that was kind of a swan song. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah we'll, we'll talk about that next week. But I'm, I'm just saying because Purvis and Wade, uh, along with John Logan, did write uh, Skyfall. So... I just want, I just want somebody. I know there's only so many post Cold War stories you can do and whatever else, and there's only so many modern age. I just want someone else's style on it because yeah. every time I see, every time I see the names Purvis and Wade, it's like seeing Curtsy and Ortsman. Yeah. Um. Or or Orsi and Kurt. That's what it is. Orsi and Kurtzman. Um. It's like, oh God, please, new writers. Now, a couple of things. I do want to bring up some trivia that, that came out with this film. Okay. This happened to premiere right around the same time of the 2012 Olympic Games in London. Oh, no. Did you see <laughs> what they did to open the Olympic Games? No. They had an opening ceremony. As part of the opening ceremony for the, for the Games, they had an introductory video that was entitled The Arrival. Uh, Daniel Craig, actually, he pulls up in an Aston Martin, gets out of his car, walks up into Buckingham Palace. <laughs> and he actually, like, he's playing as Bond, and you know it's Bond straight up. It's no mm-hmm. no question about that. And he walks in, and he walks up to the Queen. This is actual Queen Elizabeth II, okay? <laughs> uh, he's meeting her to escort her to the stadium. Yeah, and you see them get into a helicopter which flies along the Thames River to the cauldron, uh, and then you see, you see her jump out of the helicopter, and James Bond follows her, Jeez. and they skyfall to the familiar James Bond music and come down. Um, Did you see the the promotional stuff for this film? There was some <laughs> awesome promotional stuff. Coca Cola had like they had a, people running around. Um, a train station in London 
and they had to like mm-hmm. hum the theme song, dun, 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 you know, all that. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And they had to like run and get to the location where the Coca-Cola thing was. And they had people that were blocking their way on, on the uh, escalators. They had, you know, people that were pushing, pushing baby carts and people were mopping the floors and everything. It was, I thought that was a really good touch for it. Yeah, and then the ad that would never stop playing the entire time, even after it got released into theaters. The fucking Heineken ad. Oh, Oh my God. I never wanted to see another Heineken commercial in my entire life. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That goes against everything Bond. I get Heineken had some sort of something, you know, did bought commercial space or whatever deal they had with with Eon, but Bond drinks vodka martinis shaken, not stirred. There's nothing in a Heineken beer that says vodka martini shaken, not stirred. Exactly. Exactly. It was was better off. It was a better joke when they had it for Austin Powers and Austin Powers said, (laughs) keep your hands off my Heine. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. trust me that was a lot better yeah heineken yeah. and bond do not mix no i it was just so weird it just really was um but no skyfall it's it's just such a good movie yeah i i loved it i i uh, this is one of the few that i could watch again and again and again yeah. um you know i mean there, there are some slow points i will give it that the the island scene was you know them going off to the deserted island that was a little yeah. slow, uh, but after that it did get better. <laughs> it's too bad the boat wasn't bigger, and there wasn't a bigger masthead on the boat because they could have you know had a king of the world moment or something because that's all I could think of watching the entire ride to the island is I'm just waiting for somebody either him or her to just arms stretched out I'm the king of the world. Yeah. Uh, Mm. This is interesting. According to IMDb's trivia, and again, take this for what it's worth. Mm -hmm. Daniel Craig told Rolling Stone magazine that he wanted this to that he wanted Skyfall to be his third and final Bond movie, saying, "I've been trying to get out of this from the very moment I got into it, but they won't let me go." (laughs) That said. Craig has signed on for the next two James Bond films, both Spectre and Bond 25. I hope he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, we need somebody new for Bond 25 people. Who could, who could ostensibly replace him? What actor in Hollywood today could replace him? That's a hard call. It, 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 and that's just it. Is it. I don't know that we necessarily want to have a Hollywood actor. It would have to be somebody... To me, Bond is British. Bond well, is British. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean... mean you know, <laughs> I, I, oh, God, I, I just had a, a really, really awesome thought. <laughs> Unlike those other Robin Hoods, I can speak with a British accent. Oh. Carrie Elwes as Bond. Ah, <laughs> you know... <laughs> it would be good, but at the same time, I see it being way too mocking. Yeah, no, I know. know. (laughs) Well, because first off, we've seen him play as, you know, the man in black. We've seen him play, you know, Dread Pirate Roberts. Uh, Mm. We've seen him play as the lead in The Crush. 
Terry always is he's a great actor. Don't get me wrong. I cannot see him playing as James Bond and taking it oh, seriously. I, I, I had to make a yeah. I had to make a covenant joke there. Oh yeah. He he would end up being more like an you know, my man Flint type thing. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know who I'm trying to think of because I am so, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to movies, I am so far stuck in the past when it comes to actors. Like, I don't know a lot of the young, new actors. And I'm not saying that the next Bond has to be young, because they pretty much set up the Craig era to be, at this point, the old Bond, uh, as far as his age and all that. But I'm just, like, I'm thinking, you know... um, uh, Oh, I just had Damn. a thought if they ever decided to do a James Bond Jr. film. <laughs> we could get a Canadian to play to play uh not not James Bond nope. but a villain. And we would all go see this film for it. <laughs> Walking. No, 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 no. We get oh. we do a James Bond Jr. We have a junior villain. We have oh. Okay. We have Justin Bieber play a villain. I, yeah, that's what I knew you were going to go there. Come on, everybody would go see that just to see him get his head you know, blown off. You know, honestly, seriously, all of the Canadian friends that I have online are like, oh, Nickelback. Nickelback is seriously not the worst thing to come out of Canada. No. no. <laughs> come on. You know, you guys had Bieber. We sent him back and you said, no, we don't want him. <laughs> Send him to Germany. Maybe he'll survive there. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So we're, we, I think we're pretty much done with this. We, you know, we've talked yeah. about this. Um, it, it, there's just so much. Uh, I, I know Mike, I'm going to mention it because oh. I thought it was okay for a James Bond song. Oh no. I didn't mind. I'm sorry. That's the only thing I cannot stay. Okay. Out of the four films, you've got Chris Cornell with, uh, you know, my name, you got the white stripes and Alicia keys with, uh, whatever the hell the name is in boredom. You got Adele with skyfall and you got coming up. We've got, what's his name? Sam, whatever the hell. Oh, Sam. Uh, yeah. Sam Smith. Whatever the hell. Uh, doing whatever the hell title of the Spectre song is we'll talk about next week. Honestly, the only good song in this entire franchise for me, the only song I actually have in my iTunes playlist for my library faves is Chris Cornell's You Know My Name. I Well, when I first when I first heard the Adele song, I I'll say this right now, I'm not an Adele fan. It was the first thing I'd ever heard from her. She just sounds like a piss poor version of Shirley Bassey. Yeah, it, it wasn't. I, I'm just going to say that it wasn't bad. There have been much worse. <laughs> yeah, there have been much worse. Okay. <laughs> that's that's all I'm saying. I liked it. I, I liked I'll put it. it. I'll put it in second place. It, it, if we're ranking them first to worst, for me, it's Chris Cornell, Adele. Uh, it's a tie for third, honestly, between White Stripes and Alicia Keys and, and Sam Smith. But I would probably put, I don't know. I, I, yeah, that's a I, I would have. I would probably have to mark Sam Smith as fourth because I hate that redheaded yeah. bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Again, my opinion. <laughs> uh, yeah. So 
Well, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll tie off this episode. Uh, Mike, I know you've got stuff going on over at GeekCast Radio. Anything you want to plug? We have got the uh, the third annual GCRN Awards, people. You can vote. You can actually, at this point in the stage of the voting, or in this point in the stage of the awards, we just started it. You can go over to the website. You can click on the banner. I'll actually give Doug the link to put in the post for, for talking about my generation. It's basically a write-in. You're writing in for us to – you're writing in your picks that we'll eventually vote on to have be the nominees for what then the people can vote on to win the awards. So basically we've got movie categories, TV categories, video game categories, comic book categories, that kind of thing. And, you know, for TV, let's say, you know, best comedy, you put in there, the big bang theory for, for video games, say you put in battlefront or not battlefront, uh, battlefield, whatever the hell sequel name they're up to at this point. Uh, that kind of thing. So I'll, I'll give Doug the link, and he can he can um, uh, put that in the post. But yeah, go over and and write in your selections for the third annual GCRN Awards. Uh, the pull bag is our comic book show. We've got uh, we well, as of this recording, I still have to edit the Batmite episode, but we reviewed the six issue miniseries from DC called Batmite, which was on last year. It's absolutely a if anyone has ever seen Batmite anywhere and didn't like him, this series will turn it around for you because it's so funny. It's so awesome. Um, Movie Week and Review is going to be coming back. Tooncast Beyond is going to be coming back. Um, we just did our Christmas and Year in Review episodes on GeekCast Radio, the flagship podcast. So there's just go over to geekcastradio.com. There's a whole bunch of stuff. We've got six and a half, almost seven years worth of podcasting content. <laughs> And folks, anybody I who's listening, I know it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anybody who wants to listen in on anything with talking about my generation, you guys can go check us out over at mygenerationpodcast.com. Uh, we have all of our old episodes up there. So you can go and listen there, see what we've got. Going back to the episode one, we're back before Mike actually joined on and we talked about <laughs> Transformers Generation One. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, go check us out. Uh, you can, if you want to re- write us uh, feedback, you can go and post on Facebook. Please do. We'd love to hear feedback of what you thought about Skyfall or Quantum of Boredom or you know any other films that we've covered, any other TV shows. If you want to hear us talk about something, go out there, post it. Maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll put something up. I know. We. I know. Last year around this time, or well next month i know last year we tried to do various valentine's day episodes and that's hard because there's not uh, you know yeah the, what did we do last year it was it was sleepless in seattle and you've got mail and you've got mail that's what it was it was the the valentine's episode last year was sleepless in seattle and you've got mail double feature because they both starred uh, uh hanks and ryan and ryan yeah ryan. so so this year, we're going to do something that's going to appeal to both sexes. I, I think it appeals to both sexes. I don't know. We're doing Die Hard? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. We ought to do that at Christmas for 2016. But anyway, that's... Oh, wait. We, didn't we already do that? Yes, anyway, yes. I don't remember. Uh, no, it's going to be something that appeals to both sexes. And the fucking zoo's closed, Ray. You said fuck. 
Okay. <laughs> yes, we could do that. That's right. Jerry Maguire is going to be the Valentine's Day yes. special <laughs> this year. Weighs eight pounds. <laughs> that and, and my mother loves that film, so we have to cover it. You know, the the one yeah. line: I... "My neighbor has two rabbits." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And it's just so hilarious seeing Tom Cruise sing along to Free Fallen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to go ahead and tie this off. Please go, like I said, please go visit us on MyGenerationPodcast.com. Leave us feedback on iTunes. Wherever you want, write us. We'll love, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Yeah. You guys have a great evening. <laughs>